Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, a Spotify and Villa Romana Network production. I'm Alan Evans. And I'm Joey Sanders. It's been a while. We've let three weeks pass between podcasts. I know. Most of it's my fault. It's all your fault. No, you have been all. really busy. No, I mean, listen. It's not all. You can run off and take care of it all and do the editing and do the notes. <laughs> yeah, and I can talk to it. myself. You know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do anyway. <laughs> and here we are. Summer approaches quickly. And I... uh, although not that quickly, it's been raining. But uh, it's right around the corner. I'm leaving for Europe in two weeks. So that means we're not going to have another podcast till July, probably. Probably. Yeah. Not necessarily. If we get somebody After in this, there quickly, yeah. we can do one. Well, we could pop it in. But We'll um, just do a podcast. I have things to do. I have you a know, life. You I know. know. Well, it's not like I'm sitting around knitting you a sweater to take on your well, you trip. Well, you should. I'm sure things you I'd would. like to discuss with you. Well, why don't you bring up some things? I have a movie I want to talk about, but okay. I'll let you go first. Okay, well, um, yeah, there's a couple of things that I saw which are amazingly good. I think we should talk about that, too, a little bit later. But there was just something that was kind of grating on my nerves slightly. A couple things. Only a couple? Yeah, a couple things. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you've even noticed this or, or even called attention to it, but I've noticed it more and more lately. Um, so yesterday I had a client um, that threw a brunch, a Mother's Day brunch. Mm-hmm. It was lovely, and I, you know— did all the food and the decor and the flowers and the whole thing and it, you know the, and she was over the moon you know his wife and he right. even said to me he said you really did good on me you know with the party she's so impressed you know and I'm gonna get it's gonna be she's gonna be really happy so it was great so one of the guests you know they had it was a, about 12 people all sit down by the pool mm-hmm. and then a couple came in the woman and their child mm-hmm. and the husband mm-hmm. Uh, so the husband comes in, and he and so the minute the first minute I saw him, I thought, "Oh, queen." Oh. I mean, he sashayed. I mean, just sashayed in I there. I hope they're not listening. Well, I'm not. Didn't mention who it is, did I? Anyway, sashayed in with his child hanging off his arm. Yeah, you know. And uh, and then another one in that whatever you call those things with the wheels that you push the children in stroller that thing. Yes. <laughs> so, just coming in, and then can't, with the kid hanging off of one arm, mm-hmm. and then in the other arm, some, some tartlets, the flamboise, and this is a quote. What does that mean, he, tartlets of he, flamboise? Well, I'm getting to, so he said, I brought tartlets de framboise, like some strawberry tarts. Oh, okay. okay this is a straight guy with two children. <laughs> tartlets de and framboise. His, and with his wife, who's a doctor. Uh-huh. Okay. And so- And, and a he, beard. And and a yeah or, or nose hair whatever she is, come <laughs> sashaying in there. I don't but think all be, of this you won't be doing wait, wait, their dinners again. <laughs> I didn't do his. It's not my client. This is a guest of the client. Yeah, but it's their guest. Okay, well I'm not saying who it is. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I was just like you know you know how you just get like you, you you just turn to I mean I'm gay. I know you know you can smell gay a mile away. Do you know what I mean? I have radar, gaydar, whatever you call it. This and I kept going. This must be her brother. It's got to be a friend. And then she's introducing my husband, you know, Frank or whatever his name was. Right. And I just keep looking going, oh, no, she ain't right. She's just something's not right with her. So then he starts with the baking thing. 
So he says, oh, sorry, I baked. I said, well, what are you apologizing for that for? He said, well, I, you know, I know you're catering the, the, the event. I didn't want to intrude. I said, no, not, a, not at all. I, I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to incorporate what you created. You know, I was just being like, okay. Right. So, Bring it uh, on. So that, <laughs> then he's, and I also brought um, sangria, and I marinated the fruit for at least 12 hours prior. I marinated in cognac. I went, okay, girl, <laughs> you are killing me with this. No straight man. I'm sorry. I mean, cancel me if you want or whatever. You're going to be mad at me for saying the truth. But no straight man is going to sashay in there, push in a pink stroller, pink, with a child hanging off one arm. The other arm is filled with, with, you know, with, a, with a tray of strawberry framboise tartlets. <laughs> And then the wife looking all over the place, like, does anybody notice? You know, I was like, so he's not the first person I've seen like that, but he's a heterosexual, but couldn't be more gay. Okay. So he's not a homosexual. But you know, women, they say they'd like to marry those gay. Why can't their husbands be yeah, more like gay men? Yeah, he's not gay. He's straight, but that is the gayest straight person. That, so it's like homo-esque. You know what was the thing when everybody was putting their hair in a bun, and you know they were they I mean, were men, their nails done, men you know, buns, man buns. Yeah. I hate. Yeah. You know now they're wearing chignon, <laughs> and and but they're still straight, with a beard and and you know and and kitten heels. I, I don't get it. Can a guy just okay? I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hell for this. But if you're gay, that's great. But if you're straight, that's great. But that thing in between that I, you know, you, you're fooling too many folks now. You're confusing a whole audience. <laughs> I just don't get it. So if I'm alone in this, I think women I will keep myself company. You I know, think women, women have have uh, they've you know they've always said I wish my husband could be more like a gay man, well, and apparently some women have well, figured out I a way to do know, it. Then, then you've got the best of both worlds. You know, you can he can dress himself fabulously. He can dress you too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, eat your pussy until you cry. Oh I mean, no, but I mean it. I mean, like, isn't that a great combination? And he cooks and cleans and carries the kids around with a pink stroller. You got it made. She can go be a doctor all day long. <laughs> and she's a proctologist of all things. I bet she is. <laughs> Match made in heaven. <laughs> anyway, that just scratched my head for a few hours yesterday, so I'm Wait, over it now. She's a proctologist. <laughs> He ought to be a proctologist. No, it's perfect more... that she is. She's yeah, fiddling yeah. up there for him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, so that so that kind of worked my nerves. Now the other thing. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I've got to absorb all that. Okay, go ahead. What's the other thing? Now the other thing is, so I I decided, you know, all my friends are on this Ozempic thing, and all of a sudden, oh, the drug that yeah, makes you, you lose you weight. You have to stick it in your stomach. Are you, you inject you, it? You inject it. Yeah, I inject. How it. often? I don't know, three or four times a day. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, once a week. Oh, okay. And, and it's expensive. You know, the, the copay is like a thousand bucks. Wow. A month. Uh -huh. So, and you're supposed to lose like thirty pounds. So I find I now I've been on it for two months. The only pounds I lost is British currency <laughs> because this thousand dollars a month is getting very expensive, and I haven't lost anything. As a matter of fact, I gained ten pounds. <laughs> so either I'm doing something wrong, but I stick it in my stomach. Two inches from your belly button, mm -hmm. and you go until it empties. Then you count to six. You take it out, and then I, I've been hungry. Er, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> and I, then I feel nauseous. 
And then I'm well, that's the part that's supposed to make you stop eating. Yeah, you only feel nauseous for eight minutes, and then you're hungry in, at, at ten. <laughs> so I, well, I now wait a minute. What is the drug supposed to do? It was supposed it's to do supposed something to lower else. Lower your A1C if you have diabetes. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So that's a lovely thing. And people then found what's the A1? What's sudden, A1C? Your, your, you know, how much of your uh, diabetes is in your, you know, and your, your, your blood count, you know, your sugars, your, your sugar, blood oh, sugars. Oh, okay. So, um, and then they found out the side effect was it made you, you lose, lose weight. weight all of a sudden. But all of my friends are like skinny, I right? Mean, but what happens if you're taking it when you don't have diabetes or you're taking it for weight loss? Just, it must be lowering your. Oh, I see. That's why it makes you thinner. Or yeah, but I mean, so I mean, they all look great. So I said, well, why am I not on this train? So I got on the track, and then you know, and now I'm got hit by the train. <laughs> you got hit at a railroad crossing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I haven't. I haven't well, have lost... you thought about doing Jenny Craig instead? You know, I've been on and off of Jenny Craig more than Mister Craig. <laughs> and she now she's and actually and actually now she's out of business. Yeah, she started those Zempic. Now everybody's going to get fat on this thing. Now that's going to be the the. The side effect, but well, I don't get it. I gained Jenny weight. Craig's going out of business, but you know why? Because thin just isn't in anymore. Well, allow, models are 300 pounds, but we talk about that later. Oh, god, and you know, everybody's wearing the tightest spandex you could ever see, and they're you know, 100 pounds, 150 pounds overweight. And you're like, what makes you think I want to see that? I mean, I, I don't get it. Well, it doesn't look good. I don't know why they think it looks good and they should be showing it off. I get that you should be. Listen, if you want to be 300 pounds, be 300 pounds. The bottom line, it isn't healthy for you. But it's not you. a poster child. And if it's a poster, it's a huge poster on Sunset. <laughs> a double you know. poster. But but it isn't healthy for you. No, I don't care. Not. I don't care if society wants to say you look the way you want and you should be how you are. But the bottom line is we're fooling ourselves. It's not healthy. They have problems later. They have diabetes. More, they have and, diabetes, and, and our medical insurance is paying for it. So yours and my medical insurance premiums are higher because more people are going in for things having to do with overweight. Yeah. And the killer is, is that, you know, and I thought, okay, this is a shortcut. Lose 10 pounds in, in a week. I thought in a week. Right. You know, I, I must have is read it supposed to be that wrong. fast? Well, that's what I thought. Every time I looked at somebody else, they're like, whoa, whoa. Sylvia, for example, our friend. Whoops. I just added her. <laughs> she told everybody anyway. But she look, she looks amazing. I mean, she, she lost. But she's like, always looked amazing anyway. I know. But we, but we don't wait <laughs> that we're 50 pounds overweight. Right. When, we, when we're playing with 10 pounds, you go, oh, God. You know, and then you get impatient, and then you just say, okay. So I got on the Ozempic thing. It didn't work yet. So uh -huh. Ozempic, I either need to up my dose or stick it in my ass or some other place because the stomach is not working for me. Okay. Well, did you notice I lost 12 pounds? You have, and you look amazing. I do. Look what at, did you do? Look, I even have chest and things again and a little V down there. A little I've V. I've been working out. a little and... V down there or a little <laughs> D. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you have a big V for vagina and a little D. You for better vagina. stop. <laughs> no, I have that V, you know, that you yeah, get yeah, in your you little belly your, your that goes. Area. Yeah, that's back. Yeah, well, I have a few other letters in the alphabet. I have an S T U V now. <laughs> no, I've been going to the gym regularly, and we've been. It looks great. We've been really good about our eating. Good. So, and it just has naturally <sighs> gone away. Well, I'm just going to start eating two fingers from now on because this is. This Ozempic better kick in. That's all I can say. It may be because it's a lower dose. You start with a lower dose. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to up the dose. But 
I'll keep you informed, by the way. Anybody that's doing this, let us know how it's working for for you because it's working my nerves and my pocketbook so yeah you can go to the website there's a place to send us a note feel free to do yeah, so please do we'd like to hear about your ozempic, ozempic. experience it's no ozempic for me right now so okay. maybe i'm wrong but you know if ozempic wants to send me some free <laughs> samples to see yeah, if they can see if it, i could be the because right now you've talked thousands of people no, out of going I on take it, it. Out of going on it. No. So if they want to send you free samples, we can talk I'll them back it. into. We can talk them back I'll into them myself. going back on it. I will personally come to their house and stick it in their stomach. <laughs> anyway, so much for that. So that, that, that was oh, my irritants okay. for the week. Did you get that off your stomach now? I, I mean, got chest. Off. Yeah, I wish. That's all my stuff. I just want to need more stuff on my stomach. Can we talk about some fun things? Yeah, please. We watched a movie that I don't think anybody has seen. Uh, I don't know where it disappeared to called Mafia Mama. And it has... Tony uh, Collette? Tony Collette and Monica Bellucci in it. And it got not great reviews. It didn't get... The audiences gave it like a C, like a 70% or something. Critics did not like it. And so we sat down to watch it thinking, you know, it's set in Italy. Let's watch it. It'll be fun. A lot of it's in Italian. So I thought I'd like to do this for my, you know, Italian thing. And we could not stop laughing. It's, yes, it's silly in places. And there's a, a few places where it goes over the top. But it is funny, funny, funny. And, and mostly because of Toni Collette. She's brilliant in it. And. She's hysterical. And she's playing an Italian. No, what she's playing, I'll give you a really quick summary. She's a, you know, you're, you're, she's your sort of soccer mom kind of woman here raising a son. And her husband has cheated on her. But she's taking, you know, she's in there taking self-defense classes. And she gets a phone call from uh, Monica Belushi who says, you know, your grandfather has died in Italy. And she says, well, I didn't know my grandfather because my mother died very early. So I, we never really had a relationship. And she says, well, he's died, and you need to come to Italy and pay her respects and take care of family business. And she's like, oh. So she hangs up thinking, oh, I'm going to Italy. I'm going to you know, I'm gonna, uh, have a vacation, and I'm going to see all the things I've always wanted to see. And she goes in vacation mode. The minute she lands, she falls in love with the guy who picks her up at the airport, right? But they go to the funeral and she's not there 20 minutes and they're at the funeral and there's a shootout and she's screaming and running around going, what the hell is going on here? Only to find out that her grandfather has made her, she's the only living relative and he's made her the head of the family and they're a mob family. Yeah. And it just proceeds from there. And it's very funny. The lines are funny. The scenes are funny. And we laughed and laughed. At the end, it gets a little bit silly, but overall, um, we found it completely enjoyable, and it's absolutely worth watching. Don't don't go by the reviews. And you know, my part did. of it might have been my Italian. You know, I love the the Italy setting yeah, and the things, too. and you know, the, a lot of the is in Italian. And had a great time. But we found it very amusing. So I'm going to put that on my suggest list for a comedy because I've seen other comedies, but I won't name with which actors who are quite big, that I thought were completely stupid and horrible and I couldn't even laugh. And, you know, they went on and made hundreds of millions of dollars. And yeah, I found well. this to be much better. Okay, so where do I find it? It's, uh, on, it's on It's on Netflix or? 
Oh, it's you know on one of those services, oh, or, it's, or it's on pay per pay per pay per. So it's called pay per view. It's called Mafia Mama. Mama. All right, I'm, I'm writing it down right now. Okay, well, uh, I saw uh, really something that was absolutely brilliant and heartbreaking and inspiring, and it really took me to a lot of places. I mean, I watched it yesterday. We ordered, we stayed in, we ordered Chinese, and Philip came over. So myself, Philip, and Andrew, and we put on um, Still. Oh, the Michael J. J. Fox, Fox documentary. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. And he is so courageous. His wife is amazing how she handles everything, his kids, the way that he looks at life, the way that he looks at his life. And it's tragic in such a way, knowing this kid, you know, as a kid and all the work he's done and how vital he was. And he was a huge star, you know. He still and is. He still is, but I'm saying, but in that, you know, when he was in control of right. of himself, you know. Yeah. And, um, and then to see this deterioration with the, from his disease of Parkinson's, but how it has not affected his determination, his focus, his ability and his his definite um, intention to get through it, and his sense of humor through it, even as he falls down, even as he hurts himself, and all the things he has to do, and the frustration that he has to live with. But he is determined to to do everything he can to keep it under control and to keep it at bay. And it, it's just so beautiful. And well, we, don't you think from the very beginning when he announced it, I think he's handled it. With such oh, maturity yeah, with such, and, and class, class. Uh, and dignity, yeah, I think he's, you know, and he's done what he can do to get the word out, and you know, he's made the determination he's going to continue living life as best he can. But this is a man who contracted this in his twenties. I know, and he had it for a while before he came out. Mm -hmm. He went. I mean, it started in his pinky. I saw that. I saw the preview actually. Where his pinky, where was, he shows him with the pinky moving yeah, by itself. And, and, but he, he just didn't let that. You know, he got diagnosed and he just kept it to himself. And he worked, 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 worked. And he, you know, so much of that, who knows? You know. But then there were some pills he was able to take to, to keep it at bay, to keep it at bay. But after a while, you know, it takes it over. It creeps but, up on you, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's everybody should watch it, it even no matter just for the admiration is the human spirit and what mm. that can do and anybody that's fighting any sort of illness or or had known somebody that that had to deal with stuff this is just such an example of what of what it takes and and what it that life is so fleeting and every moment that we have is a gift and and when you see people that in the face of all this stuff you know anxiety and pain and, and adversity and, and fear and to be able to wake up every day and just be that guy that you're expecting to be, to see. Yeah. I mean, that that's a testament. No, I, I, I've sort of watched what he's done. I just think he's handled it so well in the media. And he, you know, so I'm anxious to see it. I haven't watched yeah, it yet. Yeah, everybody should watch it. It's brilliant. And, you know, when we deal with so many idiots with their entitlement issues and, you know, they have a head cold and you, they don't stop talking about it for Oh, no, minutes. you think it's the end of the world oh, for them. I'm staying home. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Take a COVID test. <laughs> you have a runny nose, you idiot. Oh, my God. Take two. Anyway, take two suppository COVID tests. <laughs>
Anyway, yeah, let's, um, well, let's talk a little bit about the interview we did today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only because we're we're coming into it, and uh, so we interviewed someone that many of you may not know. Her name's Jackie Siegel. If you saw the docu series uh, about her, there was one actually about ten years ago. I don't yeah, it was know in you, twelve. In two thousand twelve. Okay. And because they were building a very large home, the largest in the country in Orlando, called Versailles, only because it was patterned, parts of it were patterned after the original Versailles outside Paris. And then construction stopped and a terrible thing happened. Uh, so we talk about that, the death of her daughter and the fentanyl problem here in the country. But if you've watched the new series, it's also about the house. They did six more episodes and there's a second season coming. And, and what's interesting about it is I watched the show because I was interested. I, I'm interested in architecture, and so I watched the show to see what they were doing and why this house had to be so darn big. And there were parts of the show that rather annoyed me. You know, I thought that there was a lot of flaunting of money and flying in dogs from Korea and whatever it was and the birds that they wanted around the house. And because of the size of the house and what they were talking about and doing, I thought this could be a massively tacky home. They also edit the show, interestingly enough, in such a way I don't think they bring out the best of her. Because what happened is you and I, after we interviewed her, stayed on with her a while and had some nice long conversations. And we, we, we both liked her quite a bit. And she's completely different, I think, than as portrayed on the show. And so uh, going into this interview, I, I think there's a couple things we just want to sort of address. First of all, we, we had some audio problems. And my audio cut out about 10 minutes before the end. And it was in and out, in and out. So you hear a lot of Joey at the end and not me. But also... <laughs> oh, how strange. Uh, yes. And then there's also some, you'll hear the birds in the audio, but those are a lot of the birds they, they, that they have in the house. And so uh, we couldn't do anything about that, but they're, they're there. And then the only other thing I think we should address is the, is the wealth and the way she sort of speaks about her life. Because I think, you know, for you and I who happen to hang around a lot of people with enormous amounts of wealth, we don't sort of think, twice that they're taking private jets or they've got six cars or they're doing things because they have a lot of money and that's the way they live and you and I become used to it wishing we had a jet <laughs> and we had six cars sometimes although I wouldn't I can only drive one so I'm happy with one Each but day a week yes <laughs> but so I I thought we should talk a little bit about you know the wealth and the one percent because I don't want people to dislike her or them because of the money, because she's done a lot of good things. And they need to understand that there are people out there with massive amounts of money. And not because they inherit it, they worked hard, they've done things, they've earned it. But, you know, we tend to see the media portray the cars and the planes and the yachts, and but they don't really show the other side of their lives, which is the giving of the money away. Or the charitable work, or the things they do for their community or their schools, right? And so I just thought we should bring that up because she does talk about planes and, you know, jets that they have and things like that. 
and I think, you know, the general population needs to understand there are people out there with massive amounts of money, and you shouldn't dislike them just because they have money. After all, most people are striving to have that kind of life. Well, first of all, I, I believe that that was the American dream. Yeah. To work hard and, you know, create a future and stability and, and luxury and, and all of the things that, that you're entitled, we are all entitled to. Right. You know, uh, I think there are two kinds of people in the world. The people that do exactly that, that get up every day and have come to this country with maybe $14 and have, and have left the, the earth with, you know, $10 billion. Right. You know, and that's always going to be that way. And then there are those people that have a lot of money and they boast about it. And there are those people that don't have any money and they boast about the people, their friends or people that they may know with a lot of money and they boast about the things that they have. You know, so... It doesn't, I don't really give a damn right. either way, you know, and I'm not going to rob somebody of the luxury. If you worked hard and you own that, and that is your entitlement, and that is your privilege, you, you earned that, and you're, and you're, and you're allowed that. What, what offends me is that everybody is so upset when somebody that has all of these things, that they've worked so hard for the Rolls Royce and the, the yacht and the jet and the this, but they're also giving huge amounts of money to charity they're also endorsing schools and and they're also helping family and they're also paying for this and paying for that well they're building they're theaters the, and pavilions sports and the pavilions arts and and, and, yeah. and stimulating the economy and and the generosity i know that my friends with a lot of money are extremely generous and invite me on fabulous vacations and and all these things and i don't begrudge any of that and also i also work hard for the things that i have and the things that i share you know, I, I just I just find it a little bit of a hypocrisy how they're always subject to the ridicule, uh, but then and never the praise f for what they do. And then also there are the people that don't do a damn thing with their lives and bitching and and pissing and moaning and stealing from other people and and uh, robbing bank accounts or, or doing all that stuff on the internet, trying to steal money and do all this other stuff. And they're not held accountable for any of that stuff, and they want, uh, you know, oh, the poor, poor, pitiful me stuff. But you're never, uh, it's okay for you not to have anything. Nobody ever requires, you, you never have to answer why you don't have anything. Why are you begging? Why are you living like a pig? Why are you not, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do to better your life? So you get away with that, and without that 1% or whatever that thing is, how would charities be? Those well, I mean, look at it, somebody like David Geffen, who's built these centers and things. Those centers don't come out of, you know, that, that's not public money. Yeah, he gave the, money for that. He rebuilt, uh, he rebuilt the uh, the Met in New York course. City. That cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, the but, Met didn't have that money. But it's those people that are still looking for those people to help them. And let's not forget, a lot of people, you know, they didn't, they didn't, go out to make a billion dollars. They went out and started a pizza thing and it grew and they thought, okay, I'm making a million dollars a year. And it grew and grew and grew and suddenly they're making a hundred million dollars a year. A lot of it wasn't planned. They started a business that succeeded and it grew. So, you know, you, you can't fault anybody for no, that, that their don't. business succeeded. And I absolutely do not. Nor do I fault other people that don't have it, but I do fault when you're begrudging those people that do have it, and then you're also with your, you're begrudging them in, with one hand, and the other hand, you, it's out. You're, you have your hand out. What can I get from you? Right. That, that's what I well, am annoyed with. So. Yeah.
Anyway. anyway. So we're going into this interview with Jackie Siegel. Uh, if you haven't seen the series, that rich it, bitch, yeah, that <laughs> hater. Um, <laughs> uh, and the, the, the <laughs> it's called the Queen of Versailles reigns again. Again, that's it. That Queen will be of, the new the, the Queen next of Versailles show. reigns yeah. again. Listen, she's had tragedy in her life. She may have money, but she lost a daughter, which is horrible for anybody. Mm-hmm. And all the money in the world can't bring that back. She has her ups and downs like anybody else. Yeah, but, you know, we have to get—people don't look closely enough at other people. You know, they only see the image of something, and then they judge on that, and they stick with that. You know, it's real important to be, especially in the world we live in, when we have to be closer than ever to ourselves, to our family, to our partners, to our friends, to our home, to everything that we trust. And we also—but we can't be so far removed that we don't want to get to know a stranger. Because as stranger, we were all strangers when we met. Yeah. You no, know, and absolutely. look how we've become. So yeah. that's an important lesson to learn. Stop judging and, and be more um, open and, and loving, I think. I agree. And, and we really liked her in the end. Oh, we yeah, I loved her. When we come back, we're going to have Jackie Siegel join us. Yes, we will. So joining us today is Jackie Siegel, an American socialite, model, actress, Winner of Mrs. Florida's America Beauty Pageant in 1993. And now, are you the owner and the pageant director of that same? Yeah, uh, now I, I own the franchise for uh, Mrs. Florida America. But as far as modeling, I'll say those <laughs> days were older. But now I am a role model now. So. There you are. You're role modeling. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. You're role modeling. That's better. Be I still- <laughs> Thank you. Listen, a woman hits their prime at 40 and then you roll with that forever. Do you know that um, one of the biggest models right today is 91 years old? Elon Musk, a mother, is a model too. Yeah, yes, she's exactly. gorgeous. And you should, yeah, I mean, so there is none. Mm-hmm. That thing of those rules are gone. Some of them weigh 350 pounds. You know, the only thing that's gone are the, waif, are the waif. You know? Yeah, that, that's right. And uh, yeah. no, I, I'm so glad the direction of, of, of the modeling is going. But like for me, I'm more of like reality. Like I'd like to just be yeah. real and yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> and it's easier. Too. I create a cocktail each um, episode for each guest, and because I didn't know what you drink or you know if you drink, so I always do a couple of versions. But with this one, I sort of got the inspiration of from Versailles, because back Ooh. in the day when Marie Antoinette was married to um, Louis. Their favorite drink that they served at Versailles was a hot chocolate. Ooh, so, I love hot chocolate. So what I did was I, I had made one for, it you, for breakfast. Yeah, I had one for breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do it. I add a little coffee to it. Do the same thing. <laughs> but what I did, what I did with this one is I serve it cold, so it's a it's a chilled chocolate. But um, mm. and they used egg yolk, you know, and stuff like that, which is very antiquated. But I did a fresh whipped cream. And then I Ooh. added some Grand Marnier, and it is called the Queen of Versailles. Oh, my God. Can I steal your recipe? Yeah, I will send you the recipe. It's really and good. And here is the I showed it to her. drink itself, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I'll cheers and with you. got to serve it in Don't, a crystal you're glass. You're going to spill it on your computer. <laughs> Mine's a styrofoam cup. <laughs> All right, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work, as long as it's not a red solo <laughs> cup. Wait a minute. Yours is styrofoam, and ours is lead crystal. There's something wrong here. <laughs> Anyway, so that's for you, and that'll always be your... 
oh my God, I am going to do this. When you do your opening party of the of Versailles, we'll serve those. And I'm actually shooting um, uh, season two in about a week and a half. Oh, then I'll so send you I, the recipe then. Yeah, then just give me credit on that. Yes, I absolutely, um, Alan and Joey. That's right. Um, For our listeners, we want them to all sort of understand what's going on here, because even I'm confused and I've been following you. So there was a previous season, a series that was years ago when you started building the house. Then you're going to explain to us why the house stopped for so long. Then you came back and you're redoing, you're reopening the house, you're refinishing it. You're starting construction again. I watched the six episodes, by the way. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and in time for New Year's of 22, is that when that was? I'm sorry, 21. Yeah, 20, 21. 21. Yeah, you had the dinner party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had the time dinner goes party. By so fast. We're I already know. in 2023. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With the family, which I thought was really lovely. Mm-hmm. But you only got sort of certain rooms open in time because I know you were in a rush and I built a house, so I understand all the problems. Although mine's only three or four times bigger than yours. And, <laughs> oh, um, only? Only? <laughs> he's talking how much about, are your taxes? Yeah, he's talking um, about the house, your, nothing else. <laughs> and how much is your electric bill? I'd like to see that one. <laughs> you would love my electric bill, actually. Yeah. You'd love mine even more. I don't pay it. It's included in my in my HO. Smart. <laughs> yeah. But that was 21, and now we're in 23. So where yes. is the house today? Okay, um, well, I think the, the first question is, why did we stop construction yes. on the house? Yes. A- after the original documentary, The Queen of Versailles, back in 2000. Was it 2012 the documentary? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason the house stopped back then is because the bankers for the the financial crisis all over the world, the the crash of 2008, they said, I mean, they they put a clamp on my husband's company. Yeah. And uh, they basically made us put everything up for sale. Like Ah. everything. Uh huh. And so they were so changing we, we, the sort of percentage of loans to assets and things like that. And they were like, they didn't trust they, you, in other words. <laughs> they, they, yeah. You, um, we learned a lesson, never be in debt to the banks. Like, mm-hmm. or never borrow something you can't repay. If they decide tomorrow they want to be paid back. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is a difficult thing, because in general, people borrow money because they don't have the money to pay tomorrow or, or you know, when they yeah, call Yeah, of course. Them. Yeah, sure. So so it is uh, a difficult thing. But um, but so we survived through that um, and we started cons- the business was booming. We started construction on the house again. And then my well, this is a sad thing. But in 2015, my daughter passed away from yeah. the drug yeah. Drug epidemic, Victoria. Yeah. Victoria, and right. yeah, and and then we had like at that point, like we had no desire that the mm-hmm. house didn't mean anything. She was supposed to live there. I mean, yeah. our rooms, my my closet was connected with her closet. I mean, mm-hmm. we were gonna, and uh, and it was just too hard, so we kind of stopped. And um, I mean, there was still like a skeleton crew over there doing things, but yeah. there was no du- direction, and the passion and then, was gone. You the know. passion for the house. I mean, yeah. all the money. We would have given up Versailles, all the money in the world, if we could bring our daughter, save her life, sure. and bring her yes, back to life. Yes, of course. Yeah. But, but what we did realize is what we could do is save other people's lives. Yeah. So, um, and I think that her spirit is always watching over us and, and given me 
um, the strength and my husband as well. So um, we're out there all the time. Every, every day, my passion is to give back in this world mm -hmm. and spread the word about the, the dangers of the fentanyl, giving parents oh. the warning, the warning signs. I mean, if you people that like um, maybe have a back injury and um, and like the, the laws are so strict with the opioids or painkillers mm -hmm. now, but there are people that are actually in chronic pain that can't function without the prescriptions. Right. But because of, because of the abuse for the people that were abusing them that didn't need the prescription, now the people that really need it can't get it. Can't get so it. Some, of those, some of those people are turning to the streets to get something that looks like a Percocet, mm -hmm. but it's pure fentanyl. And yep. one dose, just like Captain Lee from Below Deck, that's how his son died. His son yep. was in his 30s. He wasn't a drug addict, but he had chronic back pain. Yep. And he, he was a mechanic. And when, when the doctor, when, when, because of the system, he was cut off and he had no pain management. He went to the street and, and that one pill, one little teeny tiny pill Killed was him. pure fentanyl. Mm -hmm. and, and Captain Lee found him just sitting in his chair with his hands on his head. And uh, the, the, the pain in his head, I mean, like probably like every blood vessel was exploding in his yeah. brain, you know, it's just, so, um, well, yeah, so, like, so story. Yeah. What do you, this is totally off script. Why do you think our country has become so drug obsessed with fentanyl and other things? What, what, this was, it's, I don't, this is a new I don't think our, our, I didn't grow up with this. Well, I don't think our country's obsessed with, with fentanyl. Um, I think, um, well, I mean, but the, COVID, with drugs in general, there's a drugs huge in general, consumption of drugs. I mean, uh, I think you guys look like to be a little bit younger than me, but growing up like in the 60s and 70s, um, 60s, 70s and 80s, you know, like it's like, you know, it was like people like the feeling of euphoria mm -hmm. and um, like even with a, with a drink, it makes you just feel more social and relaxed and stuff. And, um, the thing is, I think particularly with COVID, that when the, our generation was isolated and sitting at home, that it was uh, like a uh, like a perfect storm for these children. Either they got super like depressed from being isolated, mm -hmm. um, and they were self medicating with drugs because they were they're still on social media and finding out through Instagram and like all these like little icons like what each like a school bus means something or an, another icon means another type of drug you know so so they were still able to get their their drugs um um for self-medicating for their for their great like depression for being isolated but also some of them were doing it from boredom right. because they're isolated so they're doing the drugs for this feeling of euphoria so um and, and peer and pressure the, and, ex, and, ex, and and peer pressure yeah, and also um, the feeling that they want to fit in. That's how my daughter got started in um, middle school. She right. wanted to fit in, you know, to, to smoke that first joint. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, and I, I I understand the peer pressure. So, um, but um, I mean, it's gotten much worse. I almost feel that well, these kids aren't going out there looking for fentanyl. I mean, if they're looking for a marijuana joint, they think it's they're. They're, it's lace. Yeah. They think they're getting marijuana and they're not. Right. Um, I, I had to go give a speech to um, a university up in Rochester, and um, 
to war we give the warning about the the like even marijuana anything off the street okay we'll just not even like make it to marijuana but just anything on the street right. and i'm in favor I, I i'm personally in favor of medical marijuana to treat people that that need of like course. cancer cancer patients or people with pain because yeah. that's not going to kill you but when you buy it off the street like you said it's lace so um the day before i got up to rochester five people had um, had uh, smoked a, a joint a bad dose that was laced with fentanyl and passed away uh before i had a chance to give the warning so i mean i i know by going out there and giving people speeches that i'm at least I give them the warning signs and they can make some wise decisions, you know? Yeah, at least enlightening them. And, you know, it doesn't hurt, I hate to say it, but puts a little, a little fear in there because we, we are in a society that is sort of fearless because there aren't a lot of repercussions, so we think, you know, or there's not a lot of, and then they think, oh, I can, it'll be fine. And it, it may not be fine. Well, and um, they're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah. And, time. Yeah, um, which is a super scary thing. I feel like it's invisible bullets killing our next generation. Mm. And our next generation is just, be, because they want to get the feeling of euphoria, are taking the risk, hoping that this, that this dose, or an escape, but hoping that this dose isn't the deadly dose. Right. You know, they say, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I mean, my like, I didn't think it was going to happen to my daughter. We just lost a, a neighbor's kid down the street from us here in Iowa. I mean, we have multi-million dollar homes. And I mean, it's just everywhere. Everything from people living on the street to middle class to um, the, the richest of the oh, rich. Yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah. And sometimes the, the richest kids are the ones that can really afford a lot of it, too. So Yeah, and they still mm -hmm. turn to the street, mm -hmm. which is even worse. I have a friend, um, a friend whose daughter, I mean, she's prostituting. I mean, she... Not, not basically a prostitute, but she's sleeping with the drug dealer just uh, to get drugs. So and right. basically, it's, it's a sex, it's prostitution, <laughs> but even lower, she's not even getting money. She's getting like, like, right. a, exactly. like yeah. a, a snort or whatever it is. Right. You know? exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I just got off a trip to Mexico and um, right step out of the airport is step off the ship. And there's dispensaries there. You know, you can buy your drugs for oh, yeah. nothing. And you're hoping... Yeah. That these are legitimate drugs, but you don't know. You don't know. Not at all. Um, yeah. Especially, like, I feel bad, like, um, for the um, people that are doing cocaine, like, how do, they, well, I guess there are tests now to find out if it's laced with fentanyl and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can put a little dab of something on there, but I'm not interested in that. I mean. But there are, like, but. But the, it's just so scary. So they're, so these, scary. Yeah. these kids, they go on spring break. And, and uh, I, what, what was it in Fort Lauderdale last spring break? I don't think this year, but last year, um, I think it was like five, like football stars, college, um, like seniors or something ready. Like they were all going to be like going like on bigger careers for yeah the NFL and stuff. I mean, I don't know the exact story, but they all five did like some laced cocaine. It wasn't cocaine. It was fentanyl. Right. And I I think most of them died. I don't know if there's like one survivor yeah, or something. That. Yeah, and but also it's that leaving, leaving your drinks at the bar unattended for a minute. I'm going to run to the bathroom or I'm, are you? No. Mm -mm. Don't do it in, in Mexico. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. But oh, even, right. even, he, or even, even here, here. It's, it's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking about health, how is David? David, he's hanging in there. He actually uh, went to work today. 
Oh, so wow. Good. Yeah, because he likes to, um, he's actually turned our master bedroom, which um, is a huge master bedroom. I don't, I think it was on the TV show. Yeah, it was. We did a few interviews with him in there. And we have a living room in our master bedroom. So now my master bedroom, or our master bedroom, I should say, is a, like kind of his headquarters for his company. Oh, well, that's so, good. So, so, and his uh, company like, is Westgate, correct? Yeah, Westgate Resorts. We've and got, has it uh, always been Westgate, or is that something that he purchased? No, no. Um, he started Westgate because he bought an orange grove um, at the Westgate of Disney when Disney yes. was um, starting to build. And he didn't have a name, so he just called it Westgate because it's the Westgate of Disney. Yeah, wasn't That's that back hysterical. in 90- Yeah, that was early on, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, there's the casino in Vegas, but that's a more recent purchase. Yeah. But they're Westgate malls, right? Yeah, we've got uh, like 150 um, retail stores, um, uh, restaurants, and then like uh, 40 resorts. Yeah, that's wow. fantastic. Wow. Okay. You know, I was going to ask you a question. We talked about the reality thing. Have you ever been approached to be a housewife? Um, I've been. Well, actually, I was just on Andy Cohen's show. I was uh, talking about drinks, and you served me a drink virtually here. <laughs> right. Um, I was. I was the bartender. I'm Watch What Happens live uh-huh. um, on Andy Cohen's show two weeks ago. Oh, so, you were. Um, yeah. Was so I've done fun? a lot of. It was a blast. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a very short show. I. I I think his show's only like 30 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I only got a chance to serve like one round of drinks. But uh, but it was it was fun. Um well the the thing is I don't they kind of um there was talk about me auditioning for a new, the New York housewife when there was an opening a few years ago. Yeah. And then um I don't know, I think they wanted a different dynamic than the Queen of Versailles. So um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, because because now I got my own show. So. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm very <laughs> I'm very good friends with uh, with a couple of housewives, and mm. I thought you'd be a fun housewife for sure. Even if you know Beverly Hills or Miami, since that's closer to you. But. Well, I also have a, a penthouse in New York, so that's why I wanted to. That would work. Possi- that makes sense, possibly yeah. interview for the one in New York. Yeah. Because. Um, yeah, because I fly back and forth all the time. I mean, I'm going there on Monday. Barry Manilow invited me. Oh, too. I, I, I think it's like his, is it his 50 or 60 year anniversary, anniversary of his of his album. Yeah. Right. So, well, of course, and, and, he and, performs a lot at your casino in Vegas. Well, and guess what? Part of his contract when he stays and performs at the at our casino at Westgate Las Vegas um, in his contract, he gets to stay in the Queen of Versailles suite. Oh, penthouse. well, that makes sense. That we makes saw sense. him there not too long ago. So we were, of course, we're in that. What's the restaurant? in the hotel that Benny you, Hanna Benny Hanna's oh my god so everyone in season one they want to know what's happening with the Benny Hanna kitchen yeah because what is happening in, in, in season one right I well my husband's in the hospital it's terrible um I, I was getting advice from the builders and um, <laughs> you took other it out people. after you spent they, all they, that money yeah, they, so did? they we, we took it out. They convinced me. They said it's going to stink. They, they convinced me too. By the way, I voted to take it out right along with you. I voted said, to put it outside. Well, that was my vote. I, I wanted to put it outside, and so we took it out. And then when my husband got out of the hospital, <laughs> you almost he almost went back in after he heard what you did. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, I think I've already talked about season two. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was in the last episode. No, he, last came episode. Oh, okay. he came out. Yeah, he came out and he said, no, tell them you want it back in. Season two. Yeah. So so at the at the end, I think episode like six or something, the yeah. last episode, my, my husband's like, how's the Benny Hadi kitchen coming along? And, he, and it's like, oh, we, the, my son's, oh, we took it out. My husband's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I just like, put it back. Oh, my God. So I'm dealing with that. Next week, we're filming that episode. It's going to be at more than one episode. Like, yeah, or, right. I, it's it's going to take a few weeks to film it. But um, they, they'll edit it down into one episode. But we're filming that starting next week. Oh, good. About the Benihana kids. Do you know when the new season premieres? Since you're here, you might as well promote it. Okay, the, the new season is, they said it's going to come in August. And they want to go with HGTV. Oh, great. Yeah, they want to do four episodes. You better get that kitchen fixed for HGTV. <laughs> I know, I know. I, and I, Because um, I'm worried about it because I don't, oh my God, because I really had to tear the whole kitchen out. I was not like almost halfway done. And yeah, so it's getting done like twice. My initial thought was by the time you finish this house, your kids are going to be out of the house, married with their own kids, and you'll be in that huge house all on your own. Then they could all move in with the kids. There's plenty of room. Um, I almost think it's more like the kids are going to live there and they're kicking me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, your kids seem pretty smart. No, my kids, like, they, they're, they're kind of taking over. I think they, um, I think they're getting pretty popular with the girls. <laughs> I yeah. guess house. That happens with TV stars. And they kind of like it, so I don't think they're moving anytime soon. Uh -huh. Good. Well, they're cute I mean, guys. You have a wonderful family. You've done a great job with them. They're all so respectful, and they're smart, you. and they're attractive. So that's, that, that's a nice thing to put in your back pocket, you know? Well, I still have 16-year-old twins, so, so they're going to be around time. for a while. Yeah, and... Then they're going to go off to college. Yeah, but, you know, it's like... It's nice when the kids are in college, they go away, but they come back and they go away. You know, it's like, and I travel all the time anyway. So it's kind of like now the way that my life was being in and out of the house, they're being in and out of the house. Yeah. So it, so it's just kind of, um, I don't know, it's just kind of uh, a normal in our house. But we yeah. make a point to have like, um, to regroup. make sure on all of our special like birthdays mm -hmm. or holidays or well, you know, it's nice to have a home where the entire family and extended family can gather. Now, I want to know how you chose Orlando as your home base. Why did you make that home? Because with the money you guys have, you could live anywhere you wanted in the world. In fact, you could live in many places. So why Orlando? Well, Orlando, um, I would have never thought I'd be settling down in Orlando in my whole life. I'm from um, upstate New York, and then I moved to New York City once I realized there was another life outside of a small town and I kind of like the, the fast paced, fun life, great restaurants and culture. Uh, and then I moved to Miami after that. Uh, so I went between New York and Miami, which was both amazing lives in its own right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then when I met my husband and we fell in love, he, his headquarters in, is in Orlando. Well, he was raised in Miami, like near where I lived in Miami in Kendall. So um, 
it was, which is kind of ironic because our houses were so close, but our timings were different back then. Like I wasn't even born when he was living there, you know, <laughs> kind of kind of like, kind of like that. Yeah. And, um, and then, so in, in Orlando that we got married, I mean, this is like his, and then we, then by like, we just built an infrastructure of friends here. Um, the kids grew up here. It's, it's home now, but the thing is, I mean, we've got like private jets and all that stuff. So it's not like, I mean, like, for example, I, I was in Palm, like, I go out to dinner in Palm Beach and I come back here. Or yeah. I go to Miami and with, with private jets, you can go like anywhere. Wherever you, I mean, yeah. I could have probably done this. I mean, where do you live? In West Hollywood. Yeah. You could have flown well, in. I could have flown in, but that would have probably been stressful on the pilots for just a, a, one, a 30 minute interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could stay the night. Uh, Vegas, yeah, I we could go to Vegas. Today, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, it for, been more fun, right? You come yeah. back for for an episode two when your house is finished, and then fly in. That would be fantastic. Or we'll uh, fly or, there. Or, or you, or I would, I would say, I would say you might rather come here and see Versailles. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll That's a date. That. And right. I'll make I'll make the cocktails. The TV show was in 2021. You're telling me that house isn't finished yet. Well, um, well, what happened is all those rooms that you saw that were finished. Yeah. Um, back in September, um, I think it was Ian the, the the hurricane. Yeah, right. It flooded. It ruined. It flooded that whole side of the house through through the roof. Not not a lake flood because our house is built up, up above. But but from the balconies and it rained inside the the house and flooded the house. Uh, all the whole areas of all the rooms that I finished. With all that custom furniture, the custom wood, everything. The frescoes on the ceiling in the morning kitchen. Everything just peeling oh. off. No, it's the contractor that that did the outside of the house. The, did the marble. Um, they didn't know what you they were doing. You had to replace they, that. They, they, they conned us. And they're out of business. And they're no longer an entity, a business oh. entity. So, yeah, yeah, they, they totally conned us. They we we're building the outside of the house twice. We have to take every single piece of marble off of Versailles. Yeah, it's 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 like a disaster zone now since the hurricane, uh, and 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 put put the marble upright. I mean, so we're paying for that twice, and um, but the thing is, it's a good thing that we got all that damage now, because if we were living there, no, we were, my God, it, it would have been horrible. Yeah, yep. I mean. I mean, you're doing Thank a great you. job, really, really beautiful. Thank you. Let me Thank ask you. you one question. Might be a little messy, but I'm going <laughs> to say it. Now, did Jeff Lewis try and step in there for a minute? Yes, I love Jeff Lewis. Oh my God, he's the best. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he came. I I, I appeared on his show. Uh, what's the name of his show again? Flipping um, out. Yeah, flipping out. So I I I was on a couple episodes of his show. With Leah Black, which I adore Leah Black. She She's a friend of mine. Yeah. and Oh, my she did God. Our, she love... did our podcast, too. So here's yeah. my story with that. Because I go to Leah's parties a lot here in L.A. when she's here at her house here. And I actually catered many of her parties for her. You know, I, I throw yeah. them and, and we become good friends. So Jeff is usually at the party. So Jeff and I became friendly. And then he asked me to do his, when his grandmother passed away, to do her funeral um, at her house, you know, so I catered that event for him and everything. And then 
Remember Julie uh, and her husband Mark? They Julie was part of the show. Yeah, she was his partner in the show. Like she okay. put up a lot of the money. They flipped together. You know. Oh for yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay. Stuff like that. And uh, Julie Grossi. Yes. So uh, she and I became very good friends. We met through Jeff, and then she and I became pals, and so we still are. She lives in Palm Beach now. And so I was just there recently and I spent uh, three weeks with her at the house and, you know, and just we relaxed and had a great time. And so Jeff had got a little annoyed by that. And he said, oh, no. to her, he said, oh, oh wait, he's now this, jealous. Well, that's what Julie said. But he said, oh, so you're hanging out with the help now? <laughs> oh, my God. And I Jeff. said, uh, aren't you the help? Oh, my God. Last time I checked, weren't. Aren't you right? kind of the help? Don't you like do things for other people and get paid to do? Isn't that called? Yeah, right. <laughs> the help. So I'm a little annoyed with him. Uh, so next time I see him, I'm going to have well, to say, uh, so what's up with that help thing? Because I, I might have to bake you a chocolate pie next time I hear that. So it was fun having you on. Anything else you want to talk about or promote? or? Well, um, I just cleaned it for Cybrains again. Uh, HGTV in August. Okay. Um, Chris, Christian Chenoweth is going to play me on Broadway. Oh, so, I heard that. That's great. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, and, and I saw her on the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, but special. On, on NBC. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, she was on there. And, and, oh, I, and I met Christian a couple of weeks ago. I gave her a tour of Versailles. So now we're going through the, the whole process, which is about a two-year process. Yeah. Like we do, we do it um, until it gets to Broadway. I mean, they actually have to build Versailles on the set. On Broadway. Yeah. On the set, so my joke. So my my my, my joke is who's going to get it done first, the Broadway <laughs> show or the Queen? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> well, get to it. So, she, yeah, yeah, she she won't get a crown until until you get yours first. I I did give her a sash and crown actually. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So tell everyone to stay tuned for that that big announcement for okay. dates and all that. Oh, great! Thank you, Jack. I love it. It was so Thank nice you. having you oh, on. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. If anyone wants to come on my Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, it's the real Queen of Versailles. Got it. I'll sign up now. You guys are the best. You too. Love we'll you. see you yeah. soon. Love you Great fun. Thank you. Thanks. Well, she was fun. Yeah, she was fun. And she was open. She was honest. Uh, I think, you know, she's, you can tell she's, I mean, we've edited her piece a bit, but she, you know, very pained by the loss of her daughter. Yeah. And, uh, but she carries on and she's. She also struggled a lot with her husband with his, his illness. His health, he's yeah. of a certain age and, and she was right by his side the whole way. And he seems to be coming about, you know, now. And so there's some good things attached to that. She has wonderful children that are, you know, really smart and, and she's very close to, you know, she's also an animal advocate. You know, there's a lot of things that she's. She takes on her shoulders, you know, so. But it's interesting that they're also doing a Broadway show. Yeah. But uh, so that was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed right. it. And we'll be back. When we're back. Weeks. I'll be away for Europe. Yes, don't rub it in. And then. This is one of the few you years were I haven't gone. I know. I had too many things to do. I'm going to be in New York for the month. I know you're all in Vegas of... for a weekend. You're oh, here. You're please. there. I'm going to be in New York for a month. It's the month of June. 
Well, that's the month I'm gone. So what are you complaining uh, about me for being gone for? Because you're going to be in your Europe. Fault we're I'm not going doing, to be in... It's your fault we're not doing a, a, a podcast for another four weeks. No, I could do it from New York. Well, I could do it from Europe. Too. Well, then there you go. We'll be back. All right. And until Stay then, tuned. we'll talk at you soon. This podcast is a production of the Villa Romana Network in association with Spotify.